On today's Question of Faith, how long should a homily be? This is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I am Father Eric Garris, Director of Vocations and Adjunct Professor at St. Mary's Seminary in preaching. Ah, there you go. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Am I the first repeating guest, or have there been no, others? No, there have been many there, others. There have been many Who others. has the most? Maria Probably Wincata. Maria Wincata or Francine. Yeah, Brooke. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, well, I'm you're, happy you're to probably back. fourth place or fifth. <laughs> We're all tied with two appearances. So. <laughs> no, no, they have many more. Yes. Okay. We okay. just play basketball. Father Eric's very competitive, so I'm yes, doing this is. on purpose, giving him a hard time. Yeah. Yes. Father Damien's also very competitive, and as are the seminarians who. <laughs> I was going to say, clearly the seminarians are very defeated competitive. Defeated us. Yeah. Well, they practiced a lot. We didn't. Well, yeah. you still hold the. And I'm old. You still hold the lead in the series. Yeah. I was right. going to say that they're, they're literally half your age. True. The True dad. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to blow a 3 1 lead. We, we were up 3 1, and uh, now they won, so now it's 3 2. And. So we'd like to say in Cleveland, there's always next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll practice more next yeah. year. When when I was in Buffalo, the seminarians used to play the Deacons in volleyball, mm-hmm. and we won two years in a row, and then the third year we lost, and then the seminary closed. And I said, you know, the worst part about the seminary closing is that they get to keep the trophy now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, again, they were, the they, were, spoils. Yes, they were also half our age, too. So it was uh, we, we took a lot of pride in being able to, to stay with them at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, our question today, how long should a homily be? So, Professor of Homiletics over uh, to my right, yes. uh, how long should a homily be? Well, according to the Holy Father, he recently was speaking to a number of liturgists and homilists and various people in that world, and as Pope Francis likes to do, he spoke quite plainly and off the cuff and kind of said, it shouldn't be more than eight to ten minutes. And uh, in the Diocese of Cleveland, we obviously have our, our seminaries, Borromeo and St. Mary's Seminary. And when the men are at St. Mary's Seminary, they begin to take courses in preaching and homiletics. And that's kind of the guideline that we tell them to stick to. Uh, because when it becomes more than that, the homily becomes something separate than an integral part of the Mass, which is called to lead us to the table, uh, rather than just kind of, mm. it's it's Father's time to talk about whatever Father wants to talk about. So... Uh, we also know that people have a pretty short attention span, and it's getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah. And so he talked about, like, get them early. You know, you should find something that, that brings the people in. And if you look at the way that Jesus preached, that's what he did. You know, he told yeah. stories. He, he invited people in. Uh, he had a, a tensive element of what he did that, that pulled them in, shared a message, and then called them forth. So you can do that in eight to ten minutes. Yeah. Flip things on its head in parables. Right. You know, yeah, there's there's a there's a number yeah. of different kind of methods or, or ways in which you can do that. Uh, but as a remembrance, like the homily is a part of mass; it's not something separate. Then, right. So, what do you do with those from our local diocesan synod who said they want more teaching and catechesis in their homilies? Mm. Good question. I think you find ways to do it. He said explicitly that the homily is not a time for a philosophy lecture philosopher. philosopher. True, but but good, there's elements. It makes good distinctions. Sure. sure. And there, there's times in which you can, you can teach, mm-hmm. um, but to realize that the purpose of the homily is to break open the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and you could do that through various catechetical modes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's more of a breaking open, not a, I'm telling you what to do or what to believe. Yeah. One of the, the ways I go about preaching will be to even open up different parts of the 
the liturgy itself. So maybe the scriptures point to a particular a notion of being a sinner, yet we're still called. And then so we have that point in the Mass where we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, or unpack a couple lines of the creed, or go back to the collect and try to... Because for priests who are preparing, or deacons who are preparing homily, we have a lot of time to sit with the scriptures and a lot of time to sit with even the liturgical text. But for the folks in the pew, they're hearing it for the first time. So even to just to take a couple lines and unpack them and then apply them, I think is super helpful yeah. to people. And I think that word unpack is huge mm. because it's, it's really, I mean, it, it's unpacking the mystery that is our faith and the mystery that we're called to. And, and I think the homily is, is the one point in the mass where you can be quite particular and real about how this applies to real life right. and the lived experience of the people. Because if you read the documents of the church, be it fulfilled in your hearing or preaching the mystery of the faith, the big thing that they talk about is that there should be just as much an exegesis of your community as there is of the scripture. Mm-hmm. And to know how do these texts apply to the lived experience of the people in the pews. And you can do that through various ways. You know, the church says you can preach on the readings, you can preach on the feast day, you can preach on something within the liturgical celebration. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, so there, there is some guideline there, but it's ultimately up to the preacher as to what he feels called and invited into to then invite the people into as well. And in your study, have you spent time with that section in The Joy of the Gospel where Pope Francis has probably eight to ten pages devoted to preaching? Have you done that in your work yet? Or? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm currently in school, uh, doctorate of ministry program at Aquinas Institute in St. Louis, which is a institute of higher, higher learning that focuses in formation of preachers and people to teach preaching. Um, and so we've read a lot, and we The Joy of the Gospel is huge because he gets quite practical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a papal document that gets like, this is what it should be, and this is what you should do. Um, and so we've, we've spent time devoted to that. And in, in my course with the seminarians, I'm currently teaching, or last semester I taught their introduction to preaching, which is their first preaching class. We go through all the documents, and we spend a whole day on the preaching of Pope Francis and the preaching of the joy of the gospel, because it has evolved and it is different. It's not a sermon of the 1950s, uh, but it's it's a homily mm-hmm. in which you're proclaiming the joy of Jesus Christ into people's lives. So, And this question in particular is for Sundays and feast days. This yeah. isn't daily mass right. that we're talking. Right. Yeah. Okay. But we, we even talk about what we're doing as far as formation. And in the Diocese of Cleveland, the men are, I think, quite well prepared to preach. Because when you're ordained, you show up at the parish and day one – your father, and you've got a daily mass homily, and you've got a funeral, and then you've got a Sunday homily to prepare for, and you're doing this, and you're doing that. And and we've made every effort to make sure that they might not be perfect from the jump, but there is a sense that they've been prepared. They've taken preaching classes. How many? Four? Is it? Or so they five? have a, they have an introduction to preaching class, which is more of like a classroom thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that class, they do one preaching act, a second theology. They're doing a practicum. Uh, third theology, they're in the parishes, they're constantly preaching. Fourth theology, they're preaching. Fifth theology, they're deacons. But the big thing is, is we've had different ways of evaluation. So like, hmm. how do you distinguish what makes a good preacher from a bad preacher? Well, what people say. Right? So like, <laughs> Father, that was good. Father, that wasn't good. Um, and to know that, so the guys are constantly receiving feedback from the people, from their peers. Uh, we have a program that we're using that Father Andy Turner helped develop. It's called Procorso, where they upload their their homilies onto this kind of like YouTube thing. Right. And then they tag it and go through of like, 
This was my one clear point. This mm. is what brought people in. This was my invitation to the altar. This was my application to people's lives. And then they go back and forth and review one another. And when they're in the parishes, they have preaching boards where the people are reviewing them as well. Ah, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and for for the deacons in formation, I'm right presently I'm in a homiletics class with Father Dan Schlegel, and then uh, you know, we're we're together every week, and so Wednesday at evening prayer, uh, one of us is invited to give a reflection at evening prayer, and then on Saturday at Saturday mass. Uh, someone does a reflection after communion that is a reflection not necessarily like a second homily. It's not that. It's we have to work with the deacon who's giving the homily that day, and we have to do a reflection on his homily. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, you're still looking at the scriptures because that's what he's basing it on, mm-hmm. but you're reflecting on what his point was. Sure. That's and the same model we use for the interns yeah. uh, ah, okay. at, at the seminary for the third the third year internship at St. Mary's. Yeah. Right. And, and I think, how do you learn preaching? And this is my strange thing of teaching the guys preaching. It's not taught in a classroom. It's taught at a pulpit. And I think it's one of those things that you learn by doing. And so mm. one of the things we're trying to do is to give them as many experiences of preaching within liturgical congregations that, that gives them access to, this is how I can do this. This is a workshop. This is what I want to do. Mm. And it's showing, you know, data shows that it's working. So Father Andy Turner did a... a a survey of, of priests who have had a newly ordained in the past three to five mm. years. And, and they're saying, you know, they're coming out. Yeah, there might be aspects of them in which they're not prepared, but like preaching far above everything else is, has oh, been seen as a, a strength or a gift to these men. And I think it's due to the fact that we take it very seriously. Uh, even when I was in seminary, I remember our final project for Trinity class was not to write a paper on distinguishing homoousias from homoousias, but how would you preach on Trinity Sunday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's always this application of, because what they're learning and how, how they're experiencing formation, be it their individual prayer, their study, it means nothing if you can't apply it to the people in the pews. Yeah. Dr. Andy Starin did that with us, too, in our final exam in both, I believe, Christology and in anthropology was to write a homily about a, about a topic on those things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a couple thoughts. One is I've heard people say, wow, our young priests in the Diocese of Cleveland are good preachers. And I'll often say, do you know why? And then they'll say, why? And I'll say, because they have to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what I mean by that is gone are the days, mostly, when people are just going to Mass for obligation. Like if they're not being fed, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to go elsewhere. Uh, And it's sad because there's still, you know, the Lord makes himself present in the Word, even if it's not preached well and in the Eucharist. But People need good preaching, and and good preaching opens up that word and prepares their hearts to receive the the Eucharist even more. So it's more efficacious. It's not there's more body and blood there, but you better understand the mystery that you're receiving and participating in, and then being sent forth to share um, if the preaching's good. So I think a lot of the young priests are good preachers because they have to be. I think that's true. Um, so we put an emphasis on it because we have to. We must. Right. We must. And then the second thing I want to say is. In terms of how do you learn preaching, I didn't have as many courses, I think, as your generation did. Um, But I think examples go a long, long way. Like you have to find people who are excellent at preaching the word. And also, 
I think it helps to have a couple models, even if they're not preaching the gospel, people who are excellent communicators and you see how they grab people's attention and can speak. Um, so, you know, I go to a lot of live shows, a lot of live music, and I'm constantly watching not just the artist, but how the artist is relating to people mm. and just trying to pick up on what, when she said that, or when he did this, why, why did everyone go, oh, those little things, I think, are helpful, too. So you, you find out who's great at something, and then you try to work that into your own, um, your own praxis. Yeah. yeah, Exemplarity is huge. And I, and I tell the guys, like, find good preachers. And it's not just Catholic. Like, yeah, everyone can listen to Father Mike Schmitz or watch Bishop Barron preach. Mm-hmm. But, like, are, are we looking at some of our Protestant brothers and sisters who, who bring the word? Um, mm-hmm. And I also show one of the happiest days of, of class for me is when I showed the men in the class Norm MacDonald uh, telling, <laughs> telling stories. Yeah. Because there's something that, like, brings them in and you're brought into the mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you tell a story. This, and he's yeah. and talking about stand-up comedians. Like, they say... The big thing is you, you try to elicit a response from people. So mm-hmm. you said the sigh, but it's a laugh. And as a preacher, you're trying to elicit a response from a person, which is a change of their life or, or a deeper conversion or a deeper awareness of, of the mystery that's being celebrated or the, a different awareness of how Christ is calling them to live their lives. Uh, and so I think we can, we can workshop different avenues and aspects of, of like media to, to bring in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even showing what doesn't work, I... I sent Father Eric maybe earlier last month that Beavis and Butthead clip <laughs> yeah. where Beavis and Butthead go visit the priest, or one of them does, Beavis right. or Butthead. I, I don't know. The... And, it, and everything the priest said was theologically true. Right. But there was absolutely no connection to the young man sitting before him in the office. And so I actually sent that to Carrie and Francine, too, and said, uh, show this to your priest. On what not showing to do. how not to do youth ministry. Yeah. So, yes, exemplarity is huge, but counter-exemplars are also important. So, And this is how not to do it. And reflecting on that is helpful, and it's a process. And you, I mean, I'm a 20, I'm be 20 years ordained a priest. I'm definitely a better preacher than I was when I first came out of the gate, and I, I keep growing in my style, as you should. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. As a broadcaster, I know the advice that was given to me, which I thought was really good, was they said, don't try to imitate someone else. Yeah. They said, but take what you don't like that other people do and don't do those things. Right. And I thought that was really, really good advice. The other thing I think, too, that has been uh, – the advice has been given to me is we, we want to fit in everything. Mm-hmm. All the time, you know, you want you want to like give them all this sort of information right. about the thing. You can't give them everything, so you got to pick one of those things and give it to them really, really well. Sure. Um, a good homily sometimes is often about what you don't say as opposed to what you do say. It's yeah. it's about you know discerning what you have to leave out. Um, that you just can't give them this day because you have to focus on this message that God's calling you to give them. Right, yeah. and and that's what we say. You know, we give them a very easy, the seminarians, uh, a very easy kind of form of like, bring them in through a story or to, you know, like something that's engaging, have one clear message, have an application Mm -hmm. to people's lives. We call it skin where the rubber meets the road, bring them into the celebration and call them forth. We do have it to that point of being all over the place. Uh, (laughs) Last year was my, my first time in, in the practicum with the guys. And the one guy was so excited and he, he had like 80 different messages. And so I'm like, from now on, everyone gets a beep, fill in the blank award to refrain from using this individual's name. But like they're, they're, the seminarians are excited because mm-hmm. it, yeah. to, to your point, Father Damien, it's not just they know 
that they have to be good preachers, but I think they want to be good preachers because a lot of them have also experienced good preaching and that's been pivotal in their own conversion. Yeah. And they want to be that for others and know that this matters. And, And the fact that the church spends this much time, this much effort in formation with priests and deacons it shows that this matters, yeah. Yeah. and and we're stepping our game up in a lot of ways because we have we to. Have to. Yeah. We're not we're not our hearts burning, you know, yes. as he was unpacking the scripture with us. Mike, to your point, um, I like to make a distinction when it comes to imitation. Uh, there's a philosopher; he's dead now. His name's Antonio Quay. He used to teach at at Catholic University of America, which is funny because his last name was C U A, and so his email would have been C U A at C U A. Quay at Quay. Yeah, uh, and but he <laughs> makes this distinction between inspiration and aspiration, uh-huh. and he says that you ought not aspire to be Fulton Sheen or Bishop Barron or Father Mike Schmitz, but you should be inspired by them so that you can be the best Father Eric, you know, Father Damien, potentially Deacon Mike um, preacher. That's, that's. Yeah. Yeah, Find your voice and that's it. Like, but let others show you what it might look like, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Christ has given you a voice and it's trusting that through the inspired reading of the word and unpacking of, Life. There, there's a great Protestant preacher who said that the preacher should prepare for his homily with with the scriptures in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Yeah. And so, like that, mm-hmm. that, to trust that, like God is speaking t- to you, not just for the purpose of your God's mouthpiece, but at St. Paul, like what's given to the one is given to the one for the sake of the many. The Lord has entrusted mm-hmm. you with this ministry of preaching and breaking open the Word for the purpose of sharing. The fruits. That's the Dominican way to contemplate the truth and to share the fruits mm-hmm. of the contemplation. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've heard a lot is that uh, what preachers need is uh, three hours of silence and a trip to their to their local Walmart. <laughs> and they said because at Walmart you see the people who you're going to be preaching to, yeah. and they're looking for that you know elusive special that's going on that day and and something that they could hold on to. The rollback. Yeah, and the three hours of silence is because the message that you preach to them is ultimately the one you need to hear yourself. We should have the guys do three hours at Walmart. There's one that's, close to the sum, right, by it, Father Rex there Parish. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be a great societal and sociological experiment. Yeah. Three hours at Walmart and then come and unpack your experience and share where the Lord was present. You'd and, probably get arrested if you're just walking around Walmart for three hours. And, <laughs> I like, think people there... people make a day of it. It's okay. a, it's a, it's a, it's a good <laughs> Get place. one of those carts. It is a yeah. big store. I mean, yeah. you know, it's huge, actually. Yeah. You can get anything you want there. Pretty much. Um for a future episode, we should yeah. answer this question about homilies. Is it okay to tell a joke in a homily? Because people sometimes start their homilies off with jokes, and I always think that's so cheesy. I ran into someone yesterday who said she loved when Father So-and-So always started with a joke. I'm yeah. like, really? She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But that's for another time. Right. Yeah. And I tell – like, just don't be predictable. Don't be a one-trick yeah, pony. You know, like, right. yeah. like, you're called to be all things for all people. There's a way to implement humor in homilies. Certainly. But, yeah. yeah. But the homily isn't – stand-up father, you know, like, father's moonlighting at, on the ambo, like, oh, so uh, how about them, you know, this? You know, Did he like, ever notice? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with... <laughs> I just flew in from Chicago. My arms are killing me. Hey. Uh, yeah, exactly. I always say you could tell a joke if it connects. Sure. You know, if it's, if it's part of the homily. There were, there were some priests not in this diocese, I might add, who would start their homily with a joke that had nothing to do with the rest of the homily. Yeah. And I was like... I really? think it's just to soften hearts or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's an, we'll do another podcast yeah. on Can You Tell Jokes and Homilies? That'd yeah, I'd sad. like to come back for that because I had sure. a, a great experience. You're not very funny, though. I know, I but know. I had a great experience of using a joke from another comedian yes. and then 
it totally bombed. Oh. But the joke wah, was that it was wah. supposed to bomb. Oh, right. And then I laughed harder than anyone else. Was it a Norm MacDonald <laughs> It was a Norm MacDonald yeah, joke. So the fun. joke is, you know, I got a great idea for you. And I want you – you ready? ready yeah, for I'm second? ready. I want you to take everything that you know about bread and forget about it. Okay? Did you mm-hmm. do that? All right. Here's my idea. Bread. That was the same response. But my whole thing was, you. you <laughs> what can't, do you want people to do? Huh? Like, right. But I was saying, like, you, you, it's hard to unknow something once you know about something. Right. And yeah. so, like, we talk, like, we have images and tastes of things that, that bring us to a deeper understanding of things in the future. So at Mass, we're given a taste of heaven. And, and so we're called to, you know, enter. I don't Check know. it out. Yeah. That's right. Some of the best homilies I think I've ever heard have been about a minute long. Believe it or not, because but it's back to Pope Francis's yeah, point. That's, yeah, people should not come out of mass saying, "Yeah, Father, I agree with you. the The Browns shouldn't pick up this." It's like, right. but yeah. but like, what's the one clear message? And so, right. if you do it in a if you if you can't do it in a minute, you shouldn't do it in twenty five. Well, right. I I often ask guys, "What are you preaching about this week?" And they're like, "Well, I don't know. I'm like one sentence." Yep. Yeah, and that's should, what we say. You guys. should be able, you should to, do be able to do that with a a, a paper like. Yeah. Di- Dissertation, what are you writing on? Well, I'm not sure yet. Well, then you don't know what you're yeah. – you're never going to finish. One clear yeah. message. Give me your thesis. One clear message. One clear message. A homiletics class that I was in in the past, um, we all would give a homily and then the rest of the class had to go up to the board and write one sentence about what they thought the homily was about in sure. one sentence. And if, if the sentences didn't agree – and they're like, well, you, know, you yeah. gave two different messages. And that's you know? what I do with the guys. I go around and ask everyone individually because their first class of preaching, they're evaluating each other. They're not yeah. in front of a quote-unquote live audience of you know parishioners. And I go around and I ask every guy to write down what was their message. And I say, what was his message? What, and then to end and say, okay, what was your one message? Does it does yeah. it gel? Yeah, that's the way it works. So thanks put for some, – yeah, Put some gel in your hair. Yeah, I put a little gel in my hair. I feel like when I every time I come on, these things are supposed to be like twenty minutes, and we just we just start rolling, man. You just keep talking. Mike's like, "Let's stop," and I'm like, "Let's stop." And okay. Father Eric's like, "I want to keep talking." Yeah, <laughs> I'm a preacher, man. Preachers going to preach, 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 preach. We love it. And you're a teacher, so you're going to teach, 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 that's teach, right. teach. Mike's just going to shake it off. Uh, that's right. We've got Beavis and Butthead, Taylor Swift. We've okay. done it all today. Norm Macdonald, Doctor Steve Brule. Yeah, everyone. All the all the good ones. CUA at CUA. We also have a See, church. We're funny. We're yeah, funny. Yeah, what's our church? Without trying to tell jokes. Yeah. What's our church? I want to apologize to Father Eric because I said he wasn't funny. He was, and that was a joke. But for those of you who thought I was being harsh, I wasn't. Yeah. What's our church? St. Noel. Oh. It will be Hills. Okay. Tell me what you know about that place. That's my, my territorial parish. No so as a, as a young man, I grew up at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Wycliffe. I think we talked about that last time there. Moved to Willoughby Hills. But uh, Father George Schmiga was there for, for some time. Uh, Father Terry Gratchenin is the the pastor there now. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Myers does a young adult group there called More. Yeah, Anthony the, Camino is there. So, what do I know about the place? That there's people there who do good stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a modern church. So n- noble simplicity, I think, is what the the, the ones who designed it would say. Uh, Father Terry recently added a big old crucifix in That's the sanctuary. Right. Um, I've not I've never celebrated liturgy there. I've concelebrated. Uh, I heard confessions there recently, mm. and it was a good turnout. And we're going to be using it for nine nights of night prayer. So I think right. it's going to be oh, really good. great for that. Good. Yeah, it'll be great. Our gospel for this coming Sunday, which uh, both of you will probably be preaching on, I would assume. Uh, Maybe. 
Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. As someone who lived in Buffalo for 10 years, that kind of salt is really actually useful. Yeah, the salt it's breaks useful up on the streets snow. of uh, yeah. Cleveland. Well, they probably get their salt from underneath Lake Erie in the salt mine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want to take a trip down there. So do I. Once a year, it's open. Okay, let's go. If you go. know anybody, get us yeah. down there. Yeah. What well, are you going to preach on this weekend? Well, I'm not preaching on that reading ah, because I, nice. I have Sunday Mass at the seminary, and this weekend at the seminary they're doing Eucharistic devotions, and so oh, right. I'm preaching on uh, the Jesus present in the Eucharist. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but it's also a come and see weekend, so we have about 13 guys who are visiting the we- uh, for the weekend to check the place out. So pray for, pray for your seminarians yeah. and pray for our discerners and pray that we have more. I will be at Eucharistic devotions also. So. Awesome. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll be there as well. And uh, Wow, all three of us. There you go. If you remember World Youth Day 2002, I think you were there at Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. We were, it was salt and light was the theme. Oh, that's right, yes. So in terms of evangelization, yeah, you got to salt a, a, a world that has lost its flavor and shine light on things that are in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was, uh, you know, the later in the, the gospel reading, they say, uh, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. The old adage of, you know, preach the gospel at all times, but if necessary, use words. Wah, wah. No. Yeah. You have to actually say something. Right, and you, you have, have to, to use words to say that thing. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to put your light on a lampstand. You have lampstand lamp ministry. Hide it under a bushel. Basket. No. That's no. I thought it was hide it under a bushel basket. No. I'm, I'm going to let it shine. shine. Yeah. Play us out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, preaching might be your gig. Probably not singing. Probably not singing. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. Just saying, don't quit your day job, Father. <laughs> I won't. Anyway, condol- farmer and the Dell. <laughs> Con- We're losing our minds on, here, y'all. Yeah. Condolences on your loss to the seminary. Yeah. Get them next year. That's right. This has been Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm Father Damian Ferentz. I'm Father Eric Garris. We'll see you all again next time. <laughs>